Thank you for coming to Joy today. <laughs> for some of you, this is your, your first time, and others have been here frequently, and others just live under the pews. They're here all the time. <laughs> Everyone, as always, is fully welcome, and we love to see folks truly find their place at the Lord's table. That's what church is meant to be, a place of inclusion for all people. The Father wants everyone welcome at his table. And through the ages, this, pur this purpose has been challenged. Say, that which the Father wants is often challenged. Many times people think, well, I, I said yes to Jesus. Why do I have problems? Because the Father's will gets challenged by attitudes, by <laughs> spirits, by road rash, and what you experience. How many of you found out when you came to Jesus, it didn't take away all your problems? It took away some of them. How many of you not, not, not living with God eternally is a problem that needs to be overcome? Coming to Jesus overcomes that problem. But sometimes your life gets opened up and go, man, I'm a wreck. And I wasn't even knowledgeable of it until I got to be a Christian. Well, right. Because God wants to bring you to the table, and at the table there's healing. At the table there is great mercy, and God is an inclusive God. God's not a racist God is not uh, conditioned against the poor. God is not hung up with a lot of the psychological junk that humans are. God's inclusive and fellowship at his table has been resisted through the ages a lot of times by people who should even know better and are part of his people. We're going to look back to a table environment that Jesus was at. Now, obviously, you understand when I use the term table, I'm using the term uh, metaphorically. Table, like in the family, the table, as I grew up, was the place, the kitchen table. Since we were po' folks, we didn't have desks as kids. We were lucky to have enough room for a bed in our rooms because there were six of us kids. So we did our homework on the table. When we had a family come to Jesus talk, it was at the family table. When we ate every night because it was still back in leave it to cleaver days mom cooked every night it was at the family table and God likes tables because that's what the Bible tells us that Jesus said hey you need to eat together or break bread often and every time you do remember my name and so when we speak about the table of the Lord, we, we, it does include the big meeting like we're having today but it also would be any time that you are, are with anybody else and you are thinking about God or you're addressing God, trust me, the Bible said if two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst. So the table of the Lord is, is a metaphorical view of the kind of love and inclusion that God wants for us. But it's been challenged through the ages. We see in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 50, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation and then we'll be commenting on it. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his house and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was sitting there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet, and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, 
he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the, first, uh, from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is a, a beautiful story. It's a story of uh, what we call a disparate or a, a, a variety of, of guests at this dinner. I mean, think about it, that Jesus is not only man, he's not only human, but he's God in human form. And so we know that the Bible teaches the doctrine of the incarnation in Spanish, encarne, or putting, putting spirit into meat is really what the incarnation means. And so in the incarnation, that the uh, second person of the Trinity or the word of God entered into this, uh, you know, he was transplanted into the womb of, of, of Mary and, and, and Jesus, the son of God, was born. His, his father was, was Jehovah God. His mother, obviously very human. And Jesus was a miracle birth. And all of his life, he was human and God. And so, like, especially if you read the book of John, you'll see him talk from different perspectives. Sometimes you'll hear him talk as the I am. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will, I will uh, resurrect it. Well, that's God speaking through Jesus. Other times he'll say things like, don't call me good. There's none good except God. Because he saw a person was trying to flatter his human side. So we see that Jesus was fully God and fully man. And here was God in the person of Jesus at a dinner with a Pharisee named Simon from the other gospels that give the same story. He was literally called Simon the leper. Aren't you glad that there's not a disease that's put after your name? You know, like uh, Stevie Sinaitis or, you know, Pamela, uh, you know, uh, psoriasis or, you know what I mean? So, I mean, to be Simon the leper is like an interesting name. But obviously Simon, this Simon was uh, a man of means. And Simon thought he was pretty okay. Simon thought that he was religiously superior to most of the folks around him. 
And he brought a bunch of guys that were just like him. And so he brought other Pharisees. And so at this dinner, we're seeing an interesting grouping of people. We've got God, who's very inclusive. God, who really loves when people find him. And people who think it's only through them should someone be approved. And so we have Simon, the, 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 the Pharisee. He loved Jesus enough to speak to Jesus and to host Jesus. And Jesus loved him enough to begin to address his prejudices. We have the other Pharisees that were there. And whereas Simon was primarily critical towards the woman, if this guy was really a prophet, wouldn't he know what kind of woman she was? <laughs> I want to tell you something. God knows everybody here. And, and I'm going to give you a sneak preview. A bunch of sinners. <laughs> Some people, you, you, you whitewashed your sin to make it look cuter. But underneath, we were all dead in our sins. And so it's amazing that among sinners, we're saying, well, at least I haven't killed like more than five people. <laughs> at least I haven't stole on my taxes. Yeah, but from the first time we ever sinned, we died and we need to be born again, born of God. And so we had Simon and, and Jesus loves him enough to give him a story. Simon. He didn't upbraid Simon, but he's saying, Simon, how about two guys that, 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 that both could not repay a debt? One 500 pieces of silver and 150 and 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 and, and the master kindly uh, forgave both who would be most grateful and Simon well the one that had the greater debt there was an, a woman here who the, the New Living Translation renders this word which other translation ren renders as a great sinner and this one says immoral and, and I don't know what her sin was the key was what she was feeling inside of her heart. And her heart was such that as Natalie uh, gave me an insight that, that in that day, that oftentimes when there would be like a great uh, feast and, and, and the host was proud of uh, who he was hosting, kind of as almost like a point of pride, they'd leave the gates open so others could see, oh, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's Jesus, that, that, that rabbi, that preaching rabbi. He's, he's at Simon's house. And so they would do that so that you'd have the table people and you would have the outside the table people who could see and hear. God's saying, I want everybody to be at my table. Many of us in our life, we grew up where we didn't feel included at the table. I remember... Uh, when I was a kid, that at, at eighth grade, I went to my friend Scott's house, and and uh, so this would be like 1968, <laughs> and uh, and I there was a room in in, in the Kreitzer's house that had this beautiful carpet in there, and I had never never seen a house with carpet. I mean, none of my friends, and and so I remember leaning over to my friend Scott, and I go, Scotty, are you guys rich? And, and my friend, being so sweet as, as junior high boys would be, he yelled for his mom and dad. Hey, mom and dad, Steve asked if we're rich. And they were laughing, you know. And they loved me. I mean, I, they're still lifetime friends. But 
but because I didn't know if I was included at the table. And, and so I was awestruck. I know that most of my life, I, I don't do very much unless someone empowers me, invites me to the table. Hey, would you like me to show you how to fish? Sure. Could I show you how to play chess? Sure. You know, I may not look that, that way because on some hands I'm an entrepreneur, but most things I, I don't change unless I'm invited. Inclusion at the table is, is everything to me. That's why it's going to be so great, another, another infomercial, that uh, next Saturday night, my spiritual dad, Dick Iverson, who 40 years ago welcomed me at his table. And I've never left that table. He's going to be speaking for us. He and his wife got a hold of us. Hey, we're missing you guys. We're going to come to the 35th. They said, no, you're not. You're not going to come here and sit down and just look. You're going to get up and talk. <laughs> you brought me to the table, and we want more food at the table, and you, you know. Come on now. Many people have a deep longing, even coming to church. Am I going to fit in with everybody else? Well, you can fit in in three categories. One, you can be like a Pharisee who hosts the big whoop-de-whoop-de, and you can have this very, very posturing, you know, rating other people that are in God's house. Well, they're a real sinner, mediocre sinner, you know. And we can look at each other for flaws, which is what Simon was doing. And Jesus was trying to point out, Simon, even if you're only a 50 silver piece guy, you still couldn't pay the debt. This girl that everybody in this community thinks is a really high priced, we're going to find out that she did something that showed she was a wicked woman, but she was a wicked woman with means. She had money. Well, how do you know, Pastor Steve? Because when she broke that alabaster box, which is like a form of limestone, when she broke that box, she poured out $36,000 worth of perfume on Jesus' feet. How do you get that? I get that because the Bible said she poured out 300 days work of a laboring man's labor. Now, if a guy makes $15 an hour in Medford, which isn't big money, if a guy makes $15 an hour, 300 days is $36,000. She was broken. She had money. But she needed something that money can't buy. And that's inclusion in God's table. And then the, th the third group of people are the other men that were sitting around. And who were they? Simon was primarily judging the woman and then, as an afterthought, said, you know, religion's all about good people getting together. Can I tell you something? Religion's not about good people getting together. It's about dead people running to the only one that can give us life. Hello? Listen to me. The purpose of the table of the Lord is not for good people to get together. It's for dead people to go to the only one that's got life, and that's God. When we get life in us, then he starts cleaning us up. How many of you found out that when you called on Jesus, you started then the sanctifying and the separating power of God to clean you and straighten you up worked? It's very sad to see people trying to clean up in order to come to God. That's like you're the one that owes the 500 uh, pieces of silver, and you're, you're bringing in about like one-third of one piece of silver per three years. 
How long till you pay your debt? How long can you, you can never pay back from the very first sin. There's only one solvent that can take away our sins. Only one solvent in this universe to take away sin, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. Everything else is just works that we're doing. And so the third group of people, they were, they were teeing off just on Jesus. I, I think they were just too much. Uh, they weren't even, even dealing with the lady as much, uh, you know, because they're, they're hearing that Jesus says, hey, your sins are forgiven. And, and, and they're thinking only God can forgive sins. Hello. <laughs> when Jesus did things, he was often trying to press the issue. Peter, who do men say that I am? Well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Men have opinions, and then there's the right answer. How many of you know that God wants to bring us to the right answers in theological questions? He doesn't want us to be mortified, mystified, and left in the dark. He wants to answer questions. And what Jesus was providing for these people, though they weren't buying into it, was an opportunity to understand this is God who's showing us how the table should be conducted. Now, getting back to uh, the woman here, what, what did she represent? You know, alabaster is almost like a limestone type of a stone. And, and so uh, many people say it was an expensive container. No, the container was cheap compared to what she poured out. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, you know. We've got great treasure in earthen vessels. That's why we, we, we need not judge each other by the current temporary problems that we all have. Okay? Can I tell you what I know about you? <laughs> if God is for you, Pastor Stephen better not be against you. That doesn't mean I don't get mad and yell at you and discuss the problem in my own head. What were you doing? I was discussing that thing out. It's okay in the body of Christ for us sometimes to have a little bit of working things out. That's what healthy families do. But, but like David said about himself, and it was said of David, David, I will correct you with the rods of men and the blows of men, but I will never take my tender mercies from you. Understanding that in the body of Christ, I can't tell because there's too much plain old, plain old alabaster earth vessels around me. If I judge you by what I see on the outside, I'll miss the treasure on the inside. So though we once knew Jesus Christ after the flesh, we no longer know him after the flesh, but after the spirit. And even so, we know no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. <laughs> For he's a new creation. <laughs> Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. These guys were, 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 were saying, Jesus, you know, how's he forgiving sin? Because that's what Jesus comes to do. Jesus doesn't come to shame everybody and just continually keep us immersed in our shame. But he comes to take away our shame. And this woman, she had an alabaster box and it was filled with this treasure. And she obviously had been hearing of Jesus. Maybe she'd heard him in the past. But now, she couldn't take it any longer. I've often wondered, if I hadn't gotten saved on that March afternoon in 1971, would it have been inevitable I would have come to him? Because I can't live without God. 
there was a day in my life when it was like, I couldn't take it any longer. Here's my limestone box. Maybe it's not $36,000. It might be $3.60. How many of you remember when you got saved and you went crazy and you told everybody in your world? I want to tell you something. I'm really concerned if a little gal gets married and then like, this is my er <clears throat> husband. No, she's in white. She's excited. Natalie got married to Riley. This is Riley. My dad's got a full case, but he's got six packs, abs. <laughs> she's proud of him. And, she, and he deserves it. Our God is, deserves every one of our alabaster boxes to be broken. And she, like so many in the Bible, she wondered, do I have a place at the table? She already committed $36,000 without hearing those words. Your sins are forgiven. I want to urge every one of you that came here and Maybe you've got a quasi-Christian relationship. Yeah, you, you've heard the fundamental doctrines of Christianity. Like Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he, had, he knew the fundamentals of Jewish faith and religion. But Jesus told this guy, he said, Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, how can a man be born again? All you mothers are groaning, looking at your big old kids. No, they're not going to be born again through me. <laughs> How can I be born again? That which is born, you know, of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. I pray for every one of us that are here. Go beyond religious platitudes and religious confession. Run in. If you're broken, if you've made a mess, you might be very, very prosperous. This woman was. I could just see her breaking off the cap. The alabaster box was unusable, and so was that perfume. That's commitment. She burned her ships right there. Run in. God, do you have a place for me? Do you have a place for this sorry excuse of and fill in whatever? Maybe you've been religious and you've been critical. You come to church with a critical spirit. You're not here to worship Jesus. You're here to look at how stupid other people are. I want to tell you something. Man, church is a great place to see all of us dummies. The Bible even says not many wise are chosen. We qualify. We're all bozos in the boat. And I'm one of the cheap bozos. But let me tell you something. Being born again, being born of God is a spiritual metamorphosis and oftentimes it'll hit you with an explosion. <clears throat> All your religious stuff ends, and suddenly you go, whoa. 
I am dealing with not only the immense God who fills the universe with his essence and power, but he's imminent. He's God to me. He speaks to me. That's what you're going to hear in presbytery is you're going to see a God who's eminent speaking to his children and he's not speaking in vague terms. Like we could have four different prophecies where circulate. We're going to talk about God's going to call people and tell them sometimes what city they came from. Going to talk to them. You're going to see people bawling their eyes out. Stuff that the rest of us go, I didn't even relate to that. I didn't know that's anything in your past. At times I've questioned, did that relate to you? Oh my gosh, I never told you that. And they're crying. God is real. God is real. God's purpose at the table is that Simon would hunker down a little bit. Simon, keep the open gate policy, but drop the attitude. You, you skeptics, this is God. Come back and have a feast, but now bring the blind and the lame and the hurting and extend the tables. Because God's table is for the broken and the sinners and the hurting and all of us. Wow. You must be born again. Let's stand together. I'm all jacked up. I'm ready to preach my third message. God loves you, you guys. God's so crazy about you. If people knew how much God loved them, it'd freak you out. Psalm 139, you need to read that frequently. How great are the sum of God's thoughts towards me. They're more than I can number. I know every day my dad's thinking of me. My father in heaven's thinking of me. And sometimes I blow him off. I don't even spend time, really. Maybe some cursory prayer in the morning, and then I get busy. And the next day, my dad's there. You want to spend some time with me, son? Oh, yeah, I'm going to get around to it, Dad. I'm telling you, the problem with my faith is not you. It's not persecution. The, the Jonah in my boat is me. Because my dad and our dad is so perfect, so loving. I believe right now there are some of you that say, man, I, I, I want in. I can't, I, I don't know if I qualify to be the alabaster box lady. Maybe I wasn't that big of a sinner, but I know one thing. I owe 50 or more. I can't pay for my own sins. Week after week, people that come in here, man, strung out, drunked out. If you can't put down your bottle of wine, and you, you know, we have a lot of workarounds. For a lot of people are functional alcoholics. You don't need to be beat up, you need to be set free by the, by the blood of Jesus. A lot of people popping pills. You don't need to be beat up. You need to know that man at the table. If you can come in Jesus is going to look you in the eye and he's not going to call you number 730. He's going to call you by name. And he will forgive your sin. 
He will put his spirit, he will put the power plant within you to actually walk the life that you think that you need to walk before you become a Christian. Please don't jump in the bathtub and then take a shower. Get your shower, the blood of Jesus Christ, and then he'll put you in the bathtub and slowly take away all the rest because you're loved. You are fully invited to the table of God. This is a formal invitation. If you're here today and you say, man, I hear you. I just want in. Step on down. Come on down. We want to pray with you. I believe there's a, a great number of people that you're here and you're going, you know, I'm not opposed to anything of God. Hey, join. Join God. Well, I don't actually live in this city. Well, if you're from Seattle, join God and go get connected up there. This is a worldwide family. Join God today. Come on right now if you want and just say, man, I want to join God. It appears like he's done everything to join me. Maybe you have a friend. Ask him. It's today, that day for you to join God. Or maybe they have joined God. Maybe it's just a matter of saying, hey, we want to just do the God thing together and grow together into maturity. Right now, if you're here and you have not joined God, step out of your chair, be bold. Sometimes people will do it alone. Sometimes they'll grab their wife or and people will get saved as families, whatever. If you're here and you've not given your life to Jesus, come on down. We want to pray with you. Pray with you. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on down. Man, I'm going for the gold. Hallelujah. Today's a great day to receive Jesus. Man, we're proud. These guys are pretty. Someone come pray with them. Okay. Yeah. Hallelujah. How many of you know it's a great day? The Bible said when we come to Jesus, that all the angels of heaven rejoice. You guys, I'm so, so proud of you. Michael, God bless you, dude. I've been praying for you and thinking about you all this week, man. Ayúdame, Señor. Necesita su poder en mi vida. Día por día. Thank you, God. We need you. Pray this with me. Thank you, God. We need you. We need your presence. We need your power. Help me, God. I call on your name. You said in the Bible that whoever would call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm calling on your name, God. I put my trust only in Jesus, only in the blood of Jesus, to wash away my sin. You said, if I would call on your name, I would not be ashamed. Take away my shame. Dear God, change my heart change my mind. Make me new on the inside. I receive you today, dear Father. If you'll be my God, I'll be your servant. If you'll be my father, I'll be your child. I receive you today, dear Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Real briefly, we're going we're gonna to sing and, and then we're going to have prayer for here for anybody that would like prayer. I think the rest of us, guys, the longer 
that you're a Christian, the easier it is to become Simon or the skeptics. It's very hard once you've been free to ever think that you're the person that's breaking the alabaster box. Your key to victory in your spiritual walk is remember who you were. I'll never forget the day that I got saved. Let's pray. How many of you would say by lifting your hands, I want to be Jesus at the table and not the skeptic, not, not the critic. I want to bring Jesus to the table. Every table I sit at, I'm there to help be a bridge to the kingdom of God, not a doorway, not a, not a, not a lock gate. Say this, dear Father, change our hearts, change our minds. Help us, Lord, to reflect Jesus, that every day we are a doorway and a bridge to the kingdom of God. Lord, I cast out in the name of Jesus pharisaical attitudes, critical attitudes. I am like this sweet lady. I need the feet of Jesus to pour my life out and my worship at the feet of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.